0: You are listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa.
1: Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Along with Carl Banks, I'm Bob Papa, talking everything about the Big Blue, including this past Sunday's loss in Miami. I got a promo code for you, folks. Bet online where the game starts. If you sign up today, you're going to get. welcome bonus on your first deposit. Here's the promo code. Believe 50. You get your bonus. Everything from hoops, football, NHL, boxing, your favorite casino games. I'll give you the promo code again later. Believe 50. And I've got a little Christmas idea for those of you who are delinquent in your Christmas shopping. I'll get to that in a little bit. Carl, what a reset. We need a reset right now after what we witnessed on Sunday in Miami. The Giants need a reset. It's probably a good thing that Joe Judge decided to plan at the beginning of the season this trip to Tucson after Miami in preparation for the Chargers. I know it doesn't make a ton of sense, but just to kind of get away from the New York metropolitan area for a little bit because, whoo, that was tough to stomach. Yeah, that is probably –
0: one of the lowest moments as a former giant, as a fan, current fan and a broadcaster, just, just the, the, the feeling that you got after that Miami game, it just, I don't know if it was a culmination of, you know, all things New York giant football, but this, that Sunday game, was probably the lowest moment I felt just in my affiliation, even from a fan standpoint, and I am a giant fan.
1: Well, why'd you feel that way? I mean, because the Rams game was a blowout loss. That was pretty bad. Um, You know, there was been, there've been some other games where it's just been, why, why did this one feel hurt you in such a way?
0: It was, it was, you know, as a parent, when you you just keep telling your your kid, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do that, and they finally don't. It just it just compounds. Like, okay, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. If you don't do that, this is I, I'm telling you, this is going to happen. And it just seemed like the same things that have been happening, right? And it just magnified itself in a way to where. I was just, I, you know, I just concluded that the entire operation is broken. Like, like, how do you continue to see the same things over and over again? Where whether you're punching above your weight class in your weight class, you show us a glimpse or a glimmer into two, two wins, signature wins this year, and then you go back. You go backward and it just, there's just so many things, uh, about the construct of this operation. That's just broken. I, and, and listen, this is not just a personnel, uh, roster. It's not just a coaching thing and it's not just a player thing. They're all involved right now. And it's, it's the, where can, where can you be more accountable uh, to each other? How can you be more complementary of each other? And it's just, it's broken and I, um, you know, being a long suffering New York Nick fan, I, you know, There was always a part of me when the fan base was killing Jim Dolan, right? There was always a part of me that said, you know what, he's giving you the resources to build something. And I I always defended Jim Dolan on that. And I will continue on that level. And then You know, I'm sitting here last night and I'm watching Monday Night Football and I'm saying, are the Giants the destination for money grab? Because you see a lot of lower draft picks that are on Monday Night Football kicking ass, right? Um, And this is, okay, I have to kind of make sure I don't go off the rails here, but you have some very talented free agents. And this is why I talk about the construct is, is broken. You have a guy in a Kenny Galladay, right? He's worth every penny he makes. He's not here to take advantage of the Giants, but it feels that way because he's not been involved. In the offense the way he was brought in to be involved like he was a top receiver yards after catch all kinds of categorical stuff that would benefit this broken offense a guy like Kyle Rudolph will come and go in this organization and people would think he was grabbing money right because he's a piece that if you were to sit here in may or march and say boy if we could get a tight end this kyle rudolph guy could be a really good one because he's good in the red area and the giants are not very good in the red area right Mm -hmm. Uh, but these are two guys that are making money for nothing you know and it's not their fault but you'll look at this and from a um an outsider perspective, they're going to say, "Oh, you know, here he is, uh, merit throwing money after players that don't contribute, that don't fit. It's not their fault that they don't fit." But how do you how do you incorporate that? How do you fix that, right? Um, and then you have a coaching situation. And I believe that I really do believe that Joe Judge is the right coach, but operationally he's got a lot to fix. He's got a lot to fix, like these delay of game calls, this, the, the the planning of of uh, how to operate in certain situations. It just seems they miss it every week. And you know, I get the timeout piece of it sometimes. There are other times where you just say, hey, how come your guys aren't playing with more of a sense of urgency? You just got to sack, you're down, you got to get up. Unless somebody's injured, you got to get up and you got to get to the huddle and don't let the clock run down on you again. You know, I don't even, I forget when I said it was third in the Bahamas, but it was back-to-back penalties. And um, they just penalized themselves out of an opportunity.
1: Carl, um we said it during the broadcast when you do have a play dialed up.
0: Oh, look at that. That's Oscar.
1: Oscar, Oscar what's like, up? He
0: has a podcast chair. He likes to sit when there's a broadcast going on.
1: All right, Oscar. Well, I would like, uh, I'd like Oscar's contributions at some point. Um, yeah, no, you don't. He barks. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> that was listen, his may, maybe the giants need a little more bark on their offense. Um, they in, in some drips and drabs, they move the ball. And this has been a recurring theme, whether it's the Slayton drop against Washington that would have sealed the game. Um, you know, defensive dropped interceptions that would have changed games. And, and mm-hmm. to me, it felt like on Sunday, late in the third quarter, they finally do dial up a play. There's a busted coverage and Ingram's open. And it's not a good throw. It's, I don't know, Ingram turned out. Then he turned back in. Um, I don't really know what the mechanics of the route were, but all I know is that you watch other games, that's a walk-in touchdown. And when the Giants didn't hit that, I said to myself, there's their one chance. If they got the lead the way they were playing defensively, I like their chances in the game. But that's been a recurring theme for this team. And um, their margin of error is bad. The other thing that really is alarming, because Jason Garrett is not there anymore. Freddie Kitchens is now calling the plays. This inability to get the plays in and get the personnel in and this play clock. I mean, when they had the shot in the red zone that they they settled for a field goal, they were so rushed and Glennon was so frantic to get the playoff. The defense now knows you're at one, boom, we're going. Yeah. Um you know, they it, it never feels like the Giants are dictating the terms. It felt like, hey, we're in the red zone. We got a third down play, but we're harried and scattered and we're rushing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's not a way to play football. Now, I don't want to. I have to use this as a comparison because it's a stark viewpoint. In watching the Monday night football game last night, the New England Patriots had a plan. And their plan was they were going to run the rock against Buffalo because of weather conditions, wind, everything else. You know, they were breaking the huddle and at the line of scrimmage with 20 seconds on the play clock. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mac Jones was at the line of scrimmage. They ran a quarterback draw, by the way, on a third and five, which was hilarious. Um, they they were they knew what they were doing. They had their groupings in there, and they were the ones that caused angst for the Buffalo defense by being set and ready to go, and not being on the road, and wind and cold and everything else, and frazzled getting to the line of scrimmage just to get a playoff, to not get a delay a game. So- and by the and by the way, one other thing. This team's inability to run the ball. I mean, last night, everybody knew Mac Jones had one pass attempt in the first half. He didn't throw the ball again until the fourth quarter. They were running on every play and they used the same four or five runs. I was watching the Manning Manning telecast and Peyton was talking about the brilliance of Josh McDaniels because he said they kept pulling the left guard and it's the same thing that they do on a play action pass. Uh, and some and they were just running it, but they made it look like they the, the Bills had to respect a possible play action pass and they just kept pounding the rock. And the last time I checked other than Isaiah, Wynn, the Patriots don't have any other first rounders on their offensive line, Ted Karras was an undrafted free agent uh, David. Oh, he was a uh, sign from Miami. David Andrews was an undrafted free agent in 2015. Shaq Mason was a fourth-round pick. Trent Brown, who they've developed, he's bounced around from a couple teams, was a seventh-round pick. Damian Harris, a third-round pick, the running back. Ramondre Stevenson, a fourth-round pick. Brandon Bolden is an undrafted free agent. Like, but they had a plan, and they executed it, and everybody knew they were going to run the ball.
0: Yeah. So, I use the word intentional. The thing that you look at when you see a game plan like the Patriots had last night, they were very intentional about what they wanted to do. Every player knew their assignment. Every player valued every possession, every down in a drive. Every player knew what his job was to do, to execute. And they did it. So if you tell me that a team can line 10 guys in the box and you can go for 65 yards for a touchdown. Then you come back, they put the same 10 guys in a box and you rush, you rush for 12, for 15, for six, for eight, for 10 all day. That tells me that these guys knew the assignment. Now the other team knew it was coming, but they were very intentional about what they were doing, every player knew the assignment. They valued every single possession and every down and they wanted to execute that. And I'm not gonna say it's an indictment because I think in theory, that's what Joe Judge wants to do. From an execution standpoint, it appears, no, it doesn't appear, it is a fact that the player's execution is not as intentional. They don't value every possession. They don't value every down. They do not understand the magnitude of every game they talk. And I think they want to believe they like the idea of, of, of knowing what a big game is of knowing what their assignment is, but the work that it requires, it's not there. It's not there. And I think Every piece of the operation has to be better. Every piece. Because, like you said, when you dial up the perfect play and there's an imperfect ball thrown and the receiver is trying to locate the ball where you get the mismatch you want pre-snap, clearly, he just lays it out there and let the guy walk in for the touchdown. Or let's take, for instance, the first completion of the game in the, uh, the Patriots game, right? Wasn't an easy catch. No. <laughs> Was not an easy catch. But he said, this is my assignment. I gotta get this first down for us. He caught it. Contrast that with giant wide receiver, Darius Slayton. He's got a few of them that he's dropped that are in his hands. But there are a few of them that you have to make that are difficult that he doesn't come up with. Now, I'm not talking about the interception. That was just a great play by um, the Dolphins. But I'm just talking about the aggregate of his performances this year. Just the inconsistencies. You cannot be inconsistent. You know why Marshall fox is in the Hall of Fame? Because he is reliable. He is consistent. When they need a play and they throw him the ball, he catches it. He doesn't take, he didn't take a series for granted. I'm not going to tell you he was perfect, but you know, the go-to guy, when you find the right matchup, he catches those. Saquon Barkley, I believe that He has high expectations for himself. I think we all do. Um, I believe in his ability. But you got to catch those balls. Every possession. And I would say this to him in person, as a friend. Bro, you got to catch that. I know you ain't trying to drop it. I know you didn't try to miss it. But this is where the great ones do. And you are a guy who we want to consider great and you're a guy who want to be considered amongst the greats, make the catch, get the first down, keep the drive alive. These are important plays for you. These are the plays that make your offense look broken.
1: Right. I mean, they, they have a nice drive. They hit a third and 10 to Ingram. They have a nice drive going. They have the ball in the fringe red area. I think it was at the 21 of Miami and you know, They run him on a little in cut and that's even if he gets tackled on the spot, it's five or six on first down and you're Mm -hmm. on schedule. And, you know, Glennon zipped it in there and he dropped it. I mean, yeah, the guy, there was decent coverage and all that. You got to catch it. You dropped it. You can't drop it, but that's what distinguishes
0: High-performing running backs, great running backs, and those who are consistent but have a great skill set. I I, know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Finish your thought. I know Saquon has high expectations for himself. I know he expects to be great. I know he's pissed that he dropped it. But you can't, right? Those are the ones you got to make. Those are the ones that will lift your team and keep a drive alive. And this will give your opponent one more thing to worry about because, oh, shucks, this guy's catching balls. We don't have a matchup for him. So now you got to put a better player on him, which is going to open up another guy. It opens up your offense, but your best players have to be relied upon, especially when you're down personnel. You don't have every, when your best players take the field and they dial you up, you got to come through. You got to be the guy to keep the drive alive.
1: You know, I was thinking about it. The last time we were in Miami was 2015. And uh, that 2015 Giants team, statistically, historically, whatever, Lee, was the worst defense in the history of the franchise. The Giants set some kind of NFL record that year for most games lost with the lead with two minutes to go. They also uh, they had the most losses with less than a minute to go with the lead that year. I mean, it was Coughlin's last year. He was coaching out of his profile because he was taking chances that he had to take because he no faith in their defense. I mean, they had leads in so many games late. And I remember that night because, and I'm and I'm not. Listen, I got to put this in context. I'm not. I'm not lamenting a trade. I'm not talking about they shouldn't have or whatever the case is. It's just I'm bringing it up as an example. At that point in time, Odell Beckham Jr. was still in his mightiest powers as a player. The reason why the Giants won that game that night, Eli threw four touchdown passes. Odell had two. If you remember down the left sideline, he made an incredible contested catch for a touchdown that went for a review. Like your best players have to bring their A plus game and make above the numbers X's and O's play. And it was because of Odell and Eli that night that they won. He went for 166 yards and two touchdowns, you know, and all that. And <clears throat> their best players are not changing the course of the game at all you know there's yes. nothing nothing special is happening it's just eh, you know they're not even making the routine plays but where is the where's the slant or whatever where a guy gets skinny makes somebody miss and suddenly turns you know a short pass into a 60 yard touchdown like that nothing like that's happened
0: well the Again, and I'm not beating up on Saquon Barkley.
1: I'm talking but about the, I'm talking about all the. No, I, I understand.
0: Level guys. I, I understand, but I would just want to say, a guy like him who has a C on his chest, right? He's a leader. But you've got to lead. These are the times where your leaders lead by example, and it's not the big splash play; it's the consistent play, the play that keeps the drive alive, right? which it's will lead
1: to a splash play if you can correct. keep a damn drive alive.
0: Correct. Um and again, I wouldn't be saying this about him if he wouldn't be having these same expectations for himself. But it's now you know at a point to where you're going to be labeled inconsistent at best because we don't just need splash plays from you. We need plays that set up your splash plays. We we need you to catch like We've seen in practice and in pre-game pat and go, great one-handed catch behind, you know, just over the shoulder type stuff. So it's not like you're not capable. So when they hit you in the hands, you gotta catch it. Or as if as, as Howard said during the game, if it were the spirit, it went right through his chest because he, he's gotta be able to make those plays. Guy like Darius Slayton, who comes out, has a splash, he gets everybody's expectations up for him, only to take a step back and become inconsistent, not at the big plays, but at the routine plays that make your career. Make a difficult catch, but that's catchable. Um, And then when you talk about, okay, well, here, the front office just gave you some things, some tools that will improve your red zone efficiency, put them in the game, dial up plays for them. See, it's sometimes it's not a bad thing. And I get where the trepidation is uh, in terms of how creative they want to call plays because of the inconsistency of the offensive line. You can force feed a guy like Kenny Galladay. Everybody knows his work. He's not new to the league. He's been catching contested balls for a long time. Figure out how to get him more involved. They gave you a tool, not just to, you know, not just to take the owner's money. He, I'm sure he expected a better situation than he was in Detroit. He's just two games better, three games better than what he was in Detroit. Um, this offense has to function player. Coach the entire operation, and I say I say coach, but I mean the entire staff and, and and how they can do winning things, right? There are plays called that are winning plays. Execute them. Insist upon it amongst yourself, players, coaches. If this, if you get the matchup you want, don't drop the ball in the end zone. Darius Slate. You get the play you want. Put the ball out there with confidence, quarterback, so Evan Ingram can catch it and run into the end zone. Yeah, he's trying to locate the ball, but he's he's clearly in the route that he's supposed to run. Couldn't find the ball, right? And then when he does, he's contorted. Was it a makeable play? Maybe. Was it a touchdown prior to a bad pass or a questionable pass? Absolutely. So these are things that have just kind of grown on me in, a, in, in, in the worst way as, a, as someone that's been around the organization. And these are all, you know, regardless of what you think of the personnel, it's not the best in the league, but every game, they're a place to be made. Not well if they'd have held their block one second longer. No, there were plays that were dialed up that in a game like you said, in a game like Sunday, they win the game because they were playing a really good defense. Um I it's just it's broke, dude. And they gotta fix it, but they they can't talk about it. Um, you know, I I admire the head coach for trying to stay positive uh publicly for his team and saying he saw good things but you know we see what we see just like he does I know he's saying something different behind closed doors but it's probably you know you don't have to kill your team in front of reporters but the obvious answer to some of this stuff is hey we got to get better I I don't want to sit here and put you know, lipstick on a pig, we got to do things much better. And if that was all you had to say in the press conference and went back to work, that's fine. Take the arrows of people saying you're ducking questions, but I think that would sum it up. I ain't putting lipstick on a pig. We got to be better.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, I know he tried to be positive, but that probably wouldn't have been the better tact quite honestly is just say from me on down, not acceptable what we did and we got to be better. Yeah. You know, there was a stat that came out yesterday that I saw that was alarming because this end of the half stuff, you know, we talk about the giants defense and I thought they did a good job. I thought they played well enough to win the game. Of course, you know, in, in typical giants fashion, which feels like over these last eight years, You know, when they needed to get a stop, though, at the end, you know, you give up a couple third downs. Now, Tua made a great play to Parker, who made a great catch on the sideline um, for one of the first third down conversion. Yep. Um, And then Gasecki beat, I think it was Logan Ryan for the other one, and then the game was over. But this end of the half stuff, man, I mean – do you realize in the last two minutes of the first half, and I think this stat's courtesy of ESPN, the Giants have been outscored 52 to nothing mm. in the final two minutes of the first half. Now, Tay Crowder made a heck of a play against Philadelphia, but let's not lose sight of the fact that the Eagles drove the ball down the field in the last two minutes of the first half. And then, you know, the Miami, who did really not a lot offensively, they go down into the first half get the touchdown and suddenly you're down you're down by what's the problem with this
0: that's one that um coach Graham is trying to figure out he's he's very aware of the statistic um I think part of their profile um defensively is just you know he's he's been more selective about when he gets aggressive just based on what he has available to him but you know, it's it's hoping that they could play good football in the red zone. Uh they are a decent, better than decent red zone team. Um, but they're giving up points. And your team is not scoring points, which is an issue too. Like you can, you can play a little complimentary football, but yeah, I think that's something that they've got to continue to work to get to get fixed.
1: Well, yeah, there's two, there's two alarming. Parts to this. It's the fact that teams have been able to score against the Giants at the end of these halves and, and take a score into the locker room. The 52 points, that's a lot. You've only mm-hmm. played what 12 games. Um, but the other alarming number is the zero on the Giants end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to give up 52. It'd be another thing if you had 21. It's 52 to zero.
0: Well, that's again, that's Part of this, this funk, uh, this fog that, that hangs over this, this organization is that the indictment of not being able to score with available talent in the league where you can stumble into 20 points in a game and everything looks so difficult for this this team and it, it, you gotta figure something out you can't be this bad um when you have you just, if, if when all else fails force feed the guy who can make a play for you right um put your best players on the field and even if the other team knows it they're still gonna have trouble dealing with him, but when he's not on the field in
1: situations, you make it easy. So they're in Arizona. You know, I think we, um, listen, we're in the stadium. We're watching the game in person. Mike Glennon had some serious zip on the ball. Now our Mm -hmm. buddy Howard cross was reported after the game that Glennon was going into the concussion protocol. But our buddy Howard Cross, who was on the sideline during the game, noticed uh, during the broadcast, he kept saying, you know, Glennon's kind of like limping around. He's clenching his fist. Howard was like, he he hurt something, maybe his back or whatever. There was a noticeable difference in the ball that Glennon was throwing mm. as the game wore on. I mean, you know, he's got a live arm. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a guy stronger. that's. He what's had that?
0: Ross on a crossing pattern and he just basically threw one in the dirt,
1: yeah, wide open. So, who knows what's going to happen as far as what that potential injury was? That they, you know, he's in the concussion protocol, so you got Jake Fromm this week. We'll get into a preview later in the week, but I mean, what, what, what do we tell the Giants because we're feeling the same thing the Giant fan feels right now this unbelievable line. I have a, you know, I have one wish. My one wish is can we please when a play is called and it's run and it loses, it gains, it gets a nominal gain. Can we figure out a way to get the next play in and the personnel package in so that we're not, Dancing with zero on the play clock on every damn snap. Yeah. Um, I
0: agree. Uh, what do you tell fans? What is my wish? My wish, and I I'm not telling the fans, I'm telling the players, coaches, figure it the fuck out. Simple. Like when there are plays to be made make the fucking play like be intentional about your assignment value every possession like you won't get another one because you don't when you don't execute right so just know the assignment it's not it's you know a lot of this stuff is already predetermined for you just to execute you got a quarterback on a roll rollout to a throwback and you're pulling guard just literally whiffs on a guy coming from the backside and they pulled him over there just to seal it. And that's probably when your quarterback gets hurt. Figure it the fuck out. Like know the assignment, value every possession. Your best players must lead by example. Offensively, best players lead by example. Offensively, put your best players in the game and give them an opportunity to impact it. But more importantly, value every possession.
1: Yeah, and and make up your mind, right? I mean, look, personnel coming on and off the field, plays coming in, play clock dripping down, breaking the huddle at 14. Or, or getting in the huddle at 14 on the play clock. It was a bunch of times. You and I mentioned on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. From a coaching standpoint, offensive coordinator, head coach, position coaches, whatever, just they got to have, they got to be more, th- there has to be something that's more decisive so that they get a play in and they have the right personnel in. So we're not in this we're not in the situation. the other thing is Carl with six minutes to go in the game down two scores. you mentioned like sense of urgency. they're like huddling up they're jogging to the line plays over jogging back they're huddling like are you kidding me? Yeah
0: I, I listen again it's the, their their sense of urgency the the lack of intentionality. Is, is baffling, I they have, and listen, I think they go over everything in theory because I think uh, this coach came from that structure. So he knows it. They probably talk about it. They probably even practice it. But on game day, who's your sideline police? Who's the guy who's making sure every personnel group is together? And those are your assistant coaches, by the way. Your assistant coaches say they get personnel groups ready as the ball's moving down the field. There's a coach screaming at players that may be drifting somewhere, sipping Gatorade, saying, you get ready. We got to get ready to go. And that play is ready to go in. So, again, the entire operation has to be better.
1: Uh, You know what could be better? A really cool Christmas gift not a dull christmas gift but someone that something that pops Lightbox lab grown diamonds that's a gift idea and it's bright cutting edge technology innovative techniques crack the science of sparkle create the highest quality lab grown diamonds you can find at a light price eight hundred dollars per carat they have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds but they're grown in a lab you can get all the different colors you want blush pink, beautiful blue, classic white, lab grown light box diamonds, the perfect gift. If you can't come up with an idea, so how do you do it? Go to lightboxjewelry.com, add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com, lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. You got anything else to get off your chest here?
0: No, um, just figure the fuck out, man. I'm I'm imploring your best players to be great, but be great at little things. Be great at little things. You know that that grounder to second base. Put the glove on the ground, get the ball, throw it to first base. You know get it's, the, it's out. the yeah, get the out. That's all. We we just you know when they throw you one be great at the little things cuz they set up the big things for you.
1: And just a reminder for all of our fans out there, um, get in on bet online, it's where the game starts. I'll give you the promo code one more time if you want 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's believe50 to get that bonus. Bet online remains your number one spot for all basketball, football, casino games and everything else, boxing, Check it out at bet online, believe 50. All right, Carl, as we always end, tell a friend to tell a friend. Hey, listen, fans, hang in there, man. We're feeling your pain. We feel the same thing you do. Everybody feels it. Ownership feels it. Everybody in the organization's feeling the same thing you are and they want to see it get right. Look, it's going to be a tough task this year. We'll do our chargers preview uh, later in the week. Um, but, look, teams have won games with backup quarterbacks. I mean, so that's not an excuse either. The bottom there will line be a is, path to victory. Always is a path to victory. Yeah. There's always a path. There was a path to victory with Mike Glennon at quarterback this past Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Just, just catch the, the ball. Make the plays. Make a tackle. Yeah. Make Do it. a
0: tackle. Be good on end-to-half situations.
1: All right. We'll good be tackle. back later in the week. Uh, we'll get you all set for the giants and chargers. Tell a friend to tell a friend for the great Carl banks. I'm Bob Papa. Thanks for joining us. Believe in giants.